Hi, Somatics. Welcome to the show. Today, we have a special guest. We have Robert Amico, means friend. Hi, my friend. Hi. <laughs> Our Robert is a two-time telly award-winning director, producer, and a working actor. Robert, as a producer, is known for Bad President. <clears throat> and as an actor, recently known for Bad President, Hollywood.com. Near Myth, the Oscar Night Story. Robert, welcome to the show. Hi, I have to tell you now, I'm also into my critics. I am an official addict. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> happy to have you. Ciao, my friend. Ciao, Bella. I'm happy to be here. This is fun. Yeah, so Robert, where are you um, at right now? Because I'm in Los Angeles. Where are you at? I am in Sherman Oaks, Van Nuys, sunny California, but, LA. Yeah, actually, it's raining all day long in California today. <laughs> yes, this but, is the one day. Wouldn't it happen? Yeah. I can't say sunny California. We have to cut that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, um, so, so Robert is Italian like myself. Robert, I was born in Naples, Italy. Were, were you born in Italy? kind of brooklyn new york okay sure 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 so i want to know growing up what was one of your favorite movies as a kid oh it, it, two two really affected me in a way later on in my career both as an actor and as a filmmaker myself one is uh charlie chaplin's city of lights oh yeah because he was able to do the full emotion without sound without audio i found that so fascinating it, it, it prompted me as a well-trained actor to be able to use all my senses to project the message i want to get across as an actor and the other one is it happened one night my favorite comedy of all time and uh that affected me by um the use of comedy uh how to use comedy in a film how to uh put it up on the screen, make it believable, and suck your audience in. My third person I refer to is Alfred Hitchcock because he was a master of shadows and of using your own the audience's imagination. A love scene or a murder scene was so much more powerful with Alfred Hitchcock because, because like with a, with a love scene, he would, the camera would drift off to the night table and look at the clock and your imagination is much more powerful than anything he could put up on the screen. And you imagine what they're doing in making love. The same thing, uh, 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 you know, and his use of shadows just suck you in in his black and white films. So that's what, uh, that's my films. Although I love all films and I think a person is brave if they get a film in the can. It's, uh, it's that hard to do of to get your message, your writing up on the screen and because filmmaking is such a visual uh, medium as opposed to books or newspapers or just even audio because it's it's the full senses up there. Yes, I love Alfred Hitchcock too, especially when you see two feet walking and you see the feet walking, you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And those tilted cameras, I love it. I love it. Those are great ones. And so right, and, and the murder scenes leaves it up to your imagination, not... <sighs> not uh not the knife coming out and the heart is beating on the knife that's just gore it's like you can only imagine the pain you're imagining uh and and uh, alfred hitchcock 
played upon people's imaginations. Each person would imagine something different and your imagination is so powerful that that's why the Hitchcock films stay with you. He manipulates you. Yes. I love that. Yes, and I love love his work. And um, also, so, you know, um, you became a producer and actor and I was wondering, is there um, a film from the Criterion uh, Collection that inspired you to your career path or your work? Yeah, it was uh, both City Lights and It Happened One Night. Both of those films are in the collection. Oh, yes, yes. But there are a lot of films in the collection I love. Uh, and there are films that I think should be in the collection that aren't, so. Yeah, which one? Like you... All About Eve with oh. Betty Davis. Oh, yes, wow, what a good I one. I love Bette Davis. That's my all-time favorite actress. Yeah, and what were you going to tell me of the uh, the film that you were going to tell me, the Italian film? What was the name of it? Charlie? Oh, which one? Uh, uh, we had talked about my friend Marco Leonardi, who was like in, in like Water for Chocolate and Cinema Paradiso. But my favorite Italian film of all time is Il Postino. Oh, yes. Wow. Just... And, uh, and for many reasons, it just, that's the film that made my blood boil for my homeland, Italy. You know, I'm working on my Italian citizenship now. Yes, like one. I actually did a a, a little uh a tribute, uh, a little short film tribute to Cinema Paradiso. I I instead of having a theater, I had a puppet, a puppet stage, a puppet theater, and uh -huh. and it did really well. People loved it. So yes, um yeah. So um, so I want to ask you, um, do you yeah. have any favorite lines from a movie? Um, that's funny. You know, I uh. I don't know what I would say to that. What would I say? I don't know. I mean, uh, I would have to say uh, 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 Clint Eastwood in Dirty Harry, uh, a man's got to know his limitations. Oh, what a great line. Yeah, what a great uh, line. Uh, I, what else? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's one I'd have to give back to you. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one too. And so I want to know. So, um, so Robert, how did you start? How did you start your career as an actor, and then you know became this fabulous? Well, producer? it was a long journey. I, uh, I'm on my fifty-first year as an actor. Oh, congratulations! I studied with Lee Strasberg at seventeen years old at Carnegie Hall with a lot of stars in my class and Paul Newman as my mentor. Wow, Paul Newman. Got involved with the Actors Studio then. Uh, 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 got my set card on the pilot, the original pilot of Kojak. Oh my gosh, nice. Did a couple of plays and then I quit the business to get married young. Oh, wow, you... you... At 21, she was so jealous of of my acting and my music. Uh, I, we didn't talk, I'm a child prodigy. I play I play music since I'm six years old. Really? Recently, I play somewhere between two and three hours every day. What do you play? I play guitar. Play something for us. You got your guitar? Play guitar? something for you? Yeah! Okay, okay I'll play, I'll play. We, that we have to get back to the whole film industry, but, but I've had rock bands and I played every club in New York. I've opened for, Herbie Hancock and King Creel and the Coconuts and Robert Gordon. So okay, I'll play. 
I'll play something. Let me grab my Good. guitar. I'm only gonna play like one bar or something. Yeah, Come something, on. something oh, you have the rights to. Uh, something. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Robert's gonna so play. We already have two hours in today. So. Yeah. Uh, Robert. Okay, some... I'm gonna play something. We have permission rights to. Uh, uh, something we would have rights to. Otherwise, we can't air air. <laughs> Spot... Oh really? Yeah, Spotify. Because Spotify um will say so. Something, okay, something I'll play. Nice. Okay, so I'll play one bar of a song I just wrote a couple sure. of weeks ago, and it's real raw. Okay. So, you ready? Yeah. This okay. is a treat for our audience. Dear God. I give my soul to you, I do, my soul to you, to you, dear God, teach me like you do, teach me like you do, like you do, here we go. That is gorgeous. Get all, that, all those uh, background singers singing on that chorus and a oh. uh, saxophone piece. I'm going to go in the studio and record that and 11 other songs soon. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's my, my ode to God. <laughs> I love it. My it's letter so to God. I hope our audience um, enjoyed that as much as I did. So, uh, you, so you, your Paul Newman was your mentor. Can you tell us about that little tidbit that you? Uh... Well, Paul was a classic man. Him and Joanne. Once in a while, I check in on Joanne, but now her daughter answers the Facebook message. But uh, Joanne Woodward. But Paul was a, a giant among men. Nobody loved actors more than Paul Newman. And. Um, in Lee's, Lee's class, the one thing that Paul told me when I was a young, little, wild teenager, and wild was putting it, I was a young hippie hanging out in Greenwich Village with Andy Warhol and Timothy Leary and all the beat poets, Ginsburg. Wow, my God. I was God. wild. <laughs> <laughs> you were hanging out with Aunt, uh, what? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Andy Warhol? Oh, yeah. I met him. I, was, uh, I used to spend my weekends at 15, 16 years old, go, uh, taking with two of my friends. We'd tell uh, our parents that we're staying at the other person's house for the weekend, and we'd jump on a trailways bus upstate New York to Timothy Leary's commune, uh, Millbrook, and hang out with all the beat poets. And Yeah, I was wild. It's so funny because now I'm a strict vegetarian for 40 years. Oh, wow. So you're a vegetarian? I haven't had sugar in 44 years. Oh, how do you do that? What, oh well, my... no chemicals, not even an aspirin in 44 years. Oh, congratulations. Gosh. What... And that's why I only look 90 instead of 100. You look like you're 30 at the top. You look great. You look you're looking fabulous. That's, that's, less, that's, more, that's, that's more than half 
for what I am. Less than half of what I am. Yeah, it's all about the mind and the spirit and the body. And yeah, and, the, and, the, and what you put in and your spirit and your... Uh, you know, I had a, a, a life-changing miracle happen to me in 1994 uh, um, that changed my life forever. It just connected me with God and it connected me with the universe in, in the perfect way an actor needs. And that is... I never have to worry. I have so much faith and trust that I never have to worry. All my life as a struggling actor, the hard part was worrying about the money and doing all these odd jobs to pay your bills in New York and doing free theater just to get your career going. And after this happened, I realized that all I have to do is have faith and God in the universe takes care of me and it has since then and I've never worried. Oh, I love that message. I love that message because yeah, that I flatlined and, and and for almost two minutes and I came out the tunnel to be with all my dead relatives. What? You flatlined? Yeah, on the operating table. On the operating table. So I want the audience to hear the story. So uh, I don't want to tell it. Uh, and, okay. Okay. But so you're the three things that I heard from God when I was in the tunnel are Two are general for everybody and their soul, and one is personal to me. And the first one was to make all my decisions for the greater good of all concerned. If it benefits me, but it, it is a detriment to many more people than me, I will never do it. That's God's law of the universe. This, the second thing that God told me is the greatest affliction is to never be afflicted. The uh, How sad it is for those who have been handed everything in life on a silver spoon, they've never been able to know how to get out of a struggle on their own. Their soul is, is like retarded. It's not advanced. You only grow, your soul grows from how it is handles affliction and how it gets you through it in this imperfect mortal world. Did I say that right? Yes. And then the third thing was more personal to me, being a Brooklyn Sicilian. Because <laughs> when I was young, I was a hothead. Because I had to be. Because I grew up on those streets. And, you know, you had to be tough. Or, you know, I got, I was in a fist from, sad to say, and most people didn't have this kind of life, not growing up in a, in a uh, lower middle class, row housing environment in Brooklyn. And that is, from the age of seven till about the age of 15, when I just started hanging out in the village and taking off upstate New York, um, I had at least a fist fight every week from seven years old, sometimes two and three in a week. Oh my I, God. I had my nose broken by the time I was eight. That's oh. how tough it was. Oh my so gosh. I become a tough human being, but my heart is so soft. So it took me a long time to learn how to soften myself back up. And the third thing was personal to me from God. And that was anger is like a stone thrown in a hornet's nest. Heavy, huh? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, well we're so, so happy. But that made me the man I am today. And it made, you wrote that beautiful song. Like, that song just blew me away. I hope I, I, it just blew me away. I, well, you should so hear the other 45 I wrote. I will. Huh? I, 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 get to, I get to because I, I, I wish that... um. I wish we could go for coffee or lunch and like, you know, but we're, we're all. You know, the song I was going to play for you, but I don't want to get you in any copyright was a really cool acoustical version. I've been working on this week of the Beatles song. She was, uh, I saw her standing there. Oh, you know what? Nice we're... and slow, like a ballad. 
Oh, maybe maybe I could talk to my friend uh, Mark Mark Barry from AMG. He was a T boy. He told me he was a T boy in London and working for the guy who um, started the Beatles. But that's another story. But we want to hear about. Oh, I, I lived around the corner from John Lennon and Yoko. Oh, really? Wow! Wow! In New York. And unfortunately, I happened to be walking down the block and see him dead on the ground and them covering him. Oh, wow! Oh, that's such a you know. And, and years before that, when I was studying TV directing and filmmaking in 1974, I went with my teacher and spent a day with John and Yoko in their apartment at the Dakota. Oh, my gosh. So you got to meet because them. Because he was shooting a documentary on them. It was very interesting to hang out with him for the day. Oh, really? Yeah, that's beautiful. So you actually got to go meet John Lennon and Yoko Ono. That's amazing, incredible. So yeah, and um, I used to run into them a lot and say hello and chat with them in uh, Central Park and where they have that uh, tribute to John now. Oh, because I lived right there. Oh, that's so great. So, so you said that you were acting and Paul Paul Newman was your mentor. Then you then you left acting for love. And then how did you get back into your acting? Like, what made you come back? That's so funny. I, I had broken up with my first wife. I had a corporate job for about seven years. And then one day at 9.30 in the morning, I, I had 600 people under me on three shifts working 24 hours a day in production in this company called Standard Motors in Long Island City. And... And exactly nine, I remember it to the T, exactly, this was 1994, 1984. And I had been away from my acting for 12 years and my music. <clears throat> and I bought a guitar and I went I, at exactly 9.26 a.m. on a Tuesday. I couldn't take it anymore. I got up from my desk and I walked into the boss's office up in corporate headquarters. And I quit to go back to my acting and drive a cab. Even my family thought I was insane. <laughs> you, well, you got to do uh, Yeah, it's like some people don't understand the calling. The, the, it's like you just got to do it. And like those. You have to do what you have to do. Yeah, it's like your soul craves it. Like you're in this. Yeah, it's like a curse. I wish I didn't have it sometimes. Yeah. So you so you went back to acting. And then and how did you I get. I started doing a lot of theater. And, and I the, checked back with SAG and they had lost. That's when SAG was changing over from a completely paper thing to some kind of semi-computer thing, and they had lost my membership, so I was now non-union again. So it took me from 84 to 89 to get my SAG card again in New York. So I did just I just did lots of theater. I mean, now I have about 62 theater credits to my name, New York and L.A. Oh, do you did you do Broadway? Did you do some Broadway? I did. I did not do Broadway, but I did every off Broadway theater in New York. Yeah, that must be hard that Broadway's closed. It's so sad, right? But we gotta, you know, hope it. Uh, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I remember doing every job I possibly can, like swinging a hammer and doing carpentry, building Broadway sets, passing out flyers. It was tough because I wasn't a kid when I was coming back to it. I was already like thirty three. So what, what was your first break? Like what, 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 how did you break into that first role that like propelled your career? Well, I was doing a lot of independent films there and everything. Um, I don't know what really propelled my career. I think just time propelled my career. There wasn't any role. I mean, I did, uh, what brought me out to LA was I did Steven Spielberg's hook. Nice. 
You did I was one of the pirates in it. <laughs> I'm lucky if I'm in it a second, but I spent four months of shooting every day. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Got to be good friends with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. Oh. And uh, that kind of made me stay here in L.A. And uh, never look back. And I've just been doing... I've always been an independent film kind of guy. I mean, I did have a great role in one season of CSI when Lawrence Fishburne was on. I had like four episodes. Oh, what'd you play? Did you play good guy, bad guy? <laughs> I don't know if you're a CSI fan. The whole season was about this guy that was playing uh, cat and mouse with Lawrence Fishburne to dare him to catch him. And he was a serial killer. And I was the first victim of that serial killer. Oh. So I was, I was kind of like the whole talked about the whole season but i was only in three or four and some of them i was just dead on the morgue some of them was a flashback it was interesting but i'm still making money on that big residuals oh nice yeah because uh, i mean true crime and csi oh wow i mean my my mom loves those shows just like yeah, yeah. i was like a king they treated me like a king oh man that's beautiful <laughs> yeah so but yeah you know it's uh in 1999, I made my first short film, took it to about 12 film festivals. So I've been filmmaking since then, acting. So I mix it up. Sometimes I produce an act. Sometimes I write an act. Sometimes I write and produce. Sometimes I produce and direct. Like I have uh, three films now that I directed at film festivals oh, as we speak. I got two on Roku. I got two features that I co-star in with stars. I have bigger roles than the stars on Amazon Prime. So I'm. I'm, it's funny how my career is flying and I haven't worked in a year. I've just been home watching movies in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in my bed working every day. I don't, I mean, my dog is like, can you take me for a walk? It's 12 o'clock. I, I know, I, I go, know. I'm like, I got another Zoom meeting. I got to record somebody. And she's like, feed me. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, love, love this business. And I love it like the first day every time I get a role. And I love helping other filmmakers. I mean, uh, I was on the board of SAG for many years, Screen Actors Guild. I donated there. I've, I've done so much in my life. Oh, my God. I've been a musician. I was thinking of getting the band back together. That would be kind of cool at my age. Oh, yes. We have to do that. So I, so I want you to tell us about um, Bad President and then your, your movie coming out, Hollywood.com. Can you tell us? The, um, sure, the sure, sure. Out? Bad President is... It's gotten, from what I heard, 1.2 million downloads already. It's a, a spoof on how Trump got elected in 2016. He oh. makes a deal with the devil and sells his soul. That's an old story. Okay. And Eddie Griffin, you know who Eddie Griffin is? Yes, I know him. Yes, yes, he's so nice. Yeah, I play his sidekick. He plays the devil. Okay, okay. Yeah. And that's on Amazon Prime, and people love it. But let me tell you something. That was a hard deal making. Trump tried to stop it. Uh, uh, and then uh, we were supposed to come out in 3,000 theaters worldwide, and COVID hit. So then we started going to the big distributors to be out on video like Sony. But, but Trump was giving them a hard time, and they were so afraid of being sued by him that nobody would pick us up. Eventually... Uh, we signed with VMI as an agent. They got us on Amazon Prime, and that's where we sit now. But it's pretty funny. It's interesting and funny, but a lot of people are real angry about it, but I noticed they watch it. 
Well, I mean, Sasha Baron, Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen made his film, so I mean, you know what I mean. If that's allowed, then yeah, yeah, yeah. it is what it is. It's, it's, really it's funny. comedy. It's we'll comedy. It. It's a little bit. It can get a little bit raunchy, but you know, so is it. I mean, comedy. <laughs> I mean, you know. So well, I mean, comedy. And, uh, so that's that. I co-star opposite him, and I was a producer on it, and we shot that in Vegas and L.A. last year, and I'm so happy it's out. Uh, Hollywood.com has been good to me for many reasons because it it kind of had a, a a world premiere in in uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which oh. became my happy place. It's the most spiritual place in the world. I'm eventually going to live there. It's like living in 1968. People don't even have locks on their houses. Uh, gasoline is a dollar fifty cheaper. You can buy right now. I was pricing; they went up, so they're up to this price now. But I could buy a brand new house built for me with two bedrooms on an acre of land for two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, nice! Twenty thousand down, and the mortgage is about nine hundred and fifty a month. There's none to very little property tax. Electricity is one tenth the price it here. It's here in L.A. because there's a big dam there. And it's a town of 5,000 people, and they're all very spiritual, creative artists. Oh, wow. And it's in the middle of the Ozo uh, Ozark Forest. It's just amazing. You feel God in the universe. And the whole place works in tandem with only live, you know, live wild animals around it. So that's where I'm basically going to live. That's my happy place. Nice. Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And the Oscar night. So, so that's so where that's that's Hollywood.com premiered. Uh, uh, that stars uh, myself, Tom Arnold, uh, Brian. Oh, he's from one of the shows on NBC. I can't remember. Brian Cruz, Brian Cruz, Brian Cruz. And then the 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 kid who played uh, Felicity Hoffman's kid on uh, Cody Kate Cash, or uh, from Desperate Housewives. A lot of people. Oh, really? So that's Hollywood.com. And then ask near met the Oscar Night story is kind of like a made-up story, although everybody thinks he's real after they see the movie, uh, a mockumentary about a made-up director. And I have a nice role in it as a, uh, an A-star actor. What's <laughs> funny about both those films, Hollywood.com and Near Mint, The Oscar Night Story, is my character in both of those films gets the Oscar. Oh, nice, nice. So, so... so uh, and that's going to be on Amazon Prime, too. And then, you know, I have a couple of films at festivals. I'm winning all these directing awards. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm keeping busy. I always, uh, I always keep myself busy. I'm a busy boy. Yeah. So, um, so how can people that are tuning in um, find out about your films coming out? Do you have a Facebook page? or? Um, yes, anybody can come, come to my – they should mention – they should send me a private message that they're film addicts. <laughs> and uh, so I know to look for them because I get all these every day. I get must get about a hundred people trying to Facebook for me. Some of them are phony, some of them are whatever. So at least I know they're your people, and they can Facebook me. They'll, they'll find me. I'm in a leather jacket, Robert Amico. You can't miss me. Oh, great! Yeah. And uh, you know, and then, uh, they can go to Amazon Prime to see Hollywood.com. Or Bad President, both are comedies. Uh, Hollywood.com is kind of like an adventure fantasy comedy. Uh, um, I play the head of uh, Wally Brothers, which is a spoof on Warner Brothers, WB. I play uh, Joseph Wally. 
Oh, great. Oh, great. And then well, that's that. Uh, um, and then near, near myth. What is as near myth a film too? And what? Near myth. You're near myth. Near myth. The Oscar Knight story. Okay. Because I have a great role in that. I play, like I said, a uh, an A star action star actor in it. Oh, that's uh, so fun. So there's a film within the film, and there's a clip of that on my somewhere on my uh, IMDb page. Oh, great. And then, so since you've been stuck at home binge watching, I just have uh, like our final question is like, have you, what have you been baking or cooking since you don't, since you don't eat sugar? So did you do anything fun or creative? Did you, any hobbies? <laughs> well, during COVID? Yeah. Well, during COVID, I spent the first month, five days a week, taking care of the unfortunate. Oh, I would, um. I got on this site and I would find people that needed to get, they were homebound or just paranoid or old or didn't have any money. And I would <clears throat> go out and do all their grocery shopping for the elderly. I would get up four in the morning and wait online on the grocery stores for hours, lay out my money. If I saw that they didn't have money, I wouldn't let them pay. And I did that for the first month or two until it completely drained me and almost killed me. So I had to I had to back off from that, but uh, I'm still doing that for a few people. Oh, like beautiful. I said, I compose music. I have a script doctor. I'm a script doctor too, so oh. I'm on my 14 feature script. So I'm working on one of those. I'm writing something. I uh, 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 I do the stock market, nice. which I'm very I'm doing very well at. I started investing in September. I'm up 27 percent. Okay. Well, Robert, I want to say thank you for coming on the show today. I was just, oh, please. Yes. Thank you. This is fun. Yeah. So we'll have, to, we'll have to have you back on again. So I just want to thank our audience for listening. Until next week, stay healthy. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Love you. Ciao.